Hello, divers. Coming to you from Studio D, this is the Deep Dive Microcast. I'm Tom Feeney, raconteur, kindergarten guidance counselor, and writer for Wings Chop Movie Magazine. This is a companion series of the Deep Dive Podcast, where myself and my co-host, Manda, look at the lesser-known, maybe obscure, and perhaps forgotten offerings available on streaming media services. This past week, the entertainment world was buzzing about the planned merger of Amazon and movie studio MGM. The nearly $8.5 billion deal will give the online retail giant access to 4,000 movies and 17,000 television shows. But Amazon is also getting something a little less tangible. It's a large piece of Hollywood's storied history. Today on the Deep Dive Microcast, a brief history of MGM. The familiar roar of Leo the Lion has heralded the beginning of movies from Studio MGM since, well, since before MGM itself. Let me explain. MGM is short for Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Prior to 1924, MGM was three separate movie studios, Metro Pictures, Goldwyn Pictures, and Louis B. Mayer Pictures. The three small studios were acquired by a man named Marcus Lowe, who also founded the Lowe's Theater Chain. Shortly after the new MGM studio was created, it became one of the most successful motion picture production companies in Hollywood. It was also one of the most resistant to change. While other studios embraced the technology of movies with sound, or what they called talkies, MGM took a more conservative approach and didn't begin regularly releasing movies with sound until the early 1930s. At its peak, MGM released around 50 movies per year. 1939 was an especially good year for MGM. They released two of the most famous movies in the history of film. One was a massive box office success from the very beginning. A sweeping epic romance set against the backdrop of the so-called War Between the States, the American Civil War. Gone with the Wind has captured the imagination and acclaim of the entire world. The screen has never known a love story to compare with this, when Rhett Butler meets Scarlett O'Hara. I love you more than I've ever loved any woman. And I've waited longer for you than I've ever waited for any woman. Let me alone! Kiss me once. Can't we ever forget that day at Twelve Oaks? Do you think I could ever forget it? Have you forgotten it? Can you honestly say you don't love me? No, I, I don't love you. It's a lie. Well, even if it is a lie, do you think I'd go off and leave Melanie and the baby? I'm not cornered. And you'll never corner me, Red Butler, or frighten me. You've lived in dirt so long, you can't understand anything else. And you're jealous of something you can't understand. Good night. It's not that easy, Scarlet. Tell 
turn me out while you chased Ashley Wilkes, while you dreamed of Ashley Wilkes. This is one night you're not turning me out. A love affair you'll remember as long as you live, filled with all the fire and fury of the times in which it happened. Gone with the wind. First picture to win 10 Academy Awards. The most honored, the most talked about motion picture in all film history. released in the fall of 1939, Gone with the Wind broke every box office record that had existed up to that point. It won eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor, and Actress. Ironically, a film that's been accused of whitewashing the horrors of slavery earned a Best Supporting Actress Oscar for African-American actress Hattie McDaniel. It would be the first time an African-American would win the Golden Statuette something that wouldn't happen again for another 35 years. The other iconic film MGM would release in 1939 couldn't have been more different than Gone with the Wind. It was a bright, colorful fantasy about a young girl's adventures somewhere over the rainbow. Many, many miles east of nowhere lies the amazing land of Oz, a magnificent empire created in the mind of a man who wrote a great book about it. Like wildfire in the wheat field, the fabulous tale of the Wizard of Oz spread from town to city, to nation, to the entire world. Although the Wizard of Oz has captivated the children of four generations and fired the imaginations of those youthful adults who have never grown old, although 10 million copies of the book have reached eager hands and eager hearts, no one has dared the towering task of giving life and reality to the land of Oz and its people. Every delightful character of L. Frank Baum's classic is now reborn. Every glorious adventure has been recaptured and painted with a rainbow. The celebration in Munchkinland, the flying monkeys, the rescue of Dorothy, the castle of the witch, the palace of Oz, and Dorothy's strange journey to the Emerald City to find the wonderful Wizard of Oz himself. We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. We hear he is the Wizard of Wiz, if ever a Wiz there was. If ever a weather a Wiz there was, the Wizard of Oz is one. Because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does. We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. the film was initially successful when it was released, it was so expensive to produce, it actually lost money. It wasn't until a decade later, when The Wizard of Oz was re-released into theaters, that it managed to turn a profit. The movie's popularity only grew after it began airing annually on television, beginning in 1956. While MGM remained profitable over the following decades, they began relying on big-budget blockbusters like their remake of Ben-Hur to carry the studio through less profitable, smaller pictures. But that strategy was failing. In the late 1960s, it looked like MGM was making a comeback. Releases like Dr. Zhivago, The Dirty Dozen, and 2001 A Space Odyssey were signs that the studio was back to making hits again. 
that didn't last. In 1969, controlling shares of stock in MGM were purchased by businessman Kirk Kerkorian. Now, by all accounts, Kerkorian had little interest in the motion picture business. He was interested in the branding itself. In fact, he put the MGM name on his Las Vegas casino hotel, the MGM Grand. Kerkorian began selling off MGM's assets, including real estate, music publishing, and even Dorothy's Ruby Slippers. In the 1980s, MGM purchased another movie studio, United Artists, which included the popular and lucrative James Bond franchise. Since then, ownership of MGM has been shuffled around more than a deck of cards at the MGM Grand itself. The company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in 2010, but it emerged as a veritable remake machine with new versions of classic MGM properties like Robocop, Red Dawn, and Poltergeist. While it by no means has the well, lion's share of the motion picture business, after nearly 100 years, MGM is still alive and still making movies. Speaking of lions, there have been eight lions that have lended their regal presence to the opening of MGM films. Leo was the last and has been seen and heard in MGM movies since 1957. There are still questions about this mega merger though. What movies will make it to Amazon's Prime Video streaming service? We already know that classics like The Wizard of Oz, Singing in the Rain, and Gone with the Wind won't be there because all MGM titles released before 1986 belong to Warner Brothers now. And what about the James Bond franchise? Will your Amazon delivery person show up at your door wearing a tuxedo and carrying a vodka martini? Shaken, not stirred. Well, if nothing else, this deal almost instantly makes Amazon a major player in the motion picture industry as well as an even more formidable competitor to streaming giants, Netflix and Disney Plus. Thanks for listening. If this is the first time you've heard this podcast, check out our past episodes and subscribe so you don't miss a single one. And we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at the deep dive podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feeds. You can find links to those on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. All clips used in the Deep Dive microcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive Lounge theme was arranged and performed by Robert Acorn, based on the original composition by Ryan Blaney.
The Deep Dive Microcast is a production of Automaton Studios.